This the remix. I think it was the first time nobody was really like, they just let me be me, you know? I wasn't just being like harassed, I guess. Like, like they let me be me. They weren't trying to make me be somebody I'm not on a day-to-day -day basis. They allowed me to be me as long as I, you know what I mean? Came to work and put my best foot forward. And that was really it. Started off with Tyler Bischoff from ESPN Radio. When I became a Patriot, I, I've always loved football, but I think I began to appreciate what it takes like the actual time and effort and sacrifices you have to make. And really, it was fun to me. Like some people don't like it, but I, I love it, honestly. And it's where I need to be. I'm happy with the organization. I was happiest when I was there. I never had more fun playing football in my life. So glad to be back. The Las Vegas Journal Review. Just being a little sarcastic and having a little fun here. Just crushed my dreams. Boom, sadness, that's the one. Make sure you guys stay tuned. In about eh, 10, 12 minutes, we're going to be giving away some Porta subs. So stay tuned. Be ready to call. You could win a sandwich. So I do want to get into this. Medium, medium nine mayonnaise, uh, extra mayo, tomato only. Okay, go ahead. Thank you, Ed. I'm glad everybody <laughs> knows your sandwich order now. Very important. Um, now. Once this <laughs> pandemic is over, there's just going to yes. be people walking up to Ed and handing him sandwiches. <laughs> it's the long play. Are you yeah. expecting the winner of this to use their gift card on no. you? No, no, no. Okay. Not at all. I'm just trying not to figure all. out why you decided to give everybody your Well, be, you just you clicked in my mind. I, hey, you, you just got to be happy I'm not muted at this point. I, that's true. Well, it would have been better if you were muted, to be <laughs> yes. honest. Well, in that that's part, yes. Yeah. So I, I want to jump in on the Raiders. A, a contract detail on Marcus Mariota because we had a report yesterday that – Marcus Mariota got a no-trade clause from the Raiders. So yesterday, as we talked about Mariota's restructure, $3.5 million, there's incentives that could take him up only as high as $8 million, how that was a much more tradable contract than what he was under before, and how other NFL teams should probably look at Marcus Mariota and say, huh, $8 million is the maximum we'd have to pay him? He might be better than somebody like Andy Dalton. He might be better than somebody like Cam Newton. That might be a worthwhile trade, but that's kind of off the table because Marcus Mariota has a no-trade clause. So just my first question for you, Ed, why, why do you think the Raiders would agree to that? Well, he might be the first backup quarterback in the history with a no-trade clause. That's a little strange. Right. Um, you know what? I always, in these situations, Tyler, because I don't know what happened negotiations, I always say golf clap for the agent because i don't know how he talked the raiders into giving his client a no trade um but maybe Marriott. i i don't know i mean i've i've been more on the side of without knowing much that they might have done him wrong we taught you and i talked about this yesterday in terms of waiting this long him not having maybe opportunities to be released earlier so he could renegotiate and be a starter somewhere i don't know if he that played on the Raiders and the agent said, Hey, you did this. Now you got to give us kind of some of the juice back. That's what people said yesterday. He's not got a little power back on, on his end, but I don't, I mean, as a business decision, it doesn't seem like a really good business decision to give a backup quarterback who essentially around the draft, if you get a really good offer for you'd want to move to give him a no trade it on. I'll say this on the Mariota side. If it's really true, good for you on the Raiders side, no clue why you would do that. Like, yeah, no, like, I like Mariota a lot, but I, I would never agree to that. I Especially, like we said, if, if you get picks at the draft and you can move them, why would you do that? 
Right, because this entire process, the Raiders have had the leverage because yeah. he was still under contract with the Raiders, so Mariota wasn't a free agent. He wasn't free to negotiate with any other team. The Raiders basically controlled the timeline here, and the sure. Raiders said, you know, hey, we want you to restructure this deal or else we'll release you, but then they didn't release him because they could basically dictate, hey, you're, we're going to let every other team that needs a quarterback sign a quarterback before we actually release you. So the Raiders had all the leverage here. So I am fascinated how Mariota got that uh, three or yeah. no trade clause in his contract because that's not something you normally no. would see for a backup quarterback and especially a backup quarterback that doesn't have any leverage in negotiations. <laughs> so, I yeah, it's, it's fascinating I, how that got in there. Yeah. This just in, if you don't know out there, NFL teams usually don't like a guy just because he's a nice guy. Like, they're not saying, boy, Marcus is the nice guy in the world. He gave the scoop to the Honolulu advertiser. Let's throw a look. <laughs> and then again, let's be honest, Tyler. I'm not even shocked now they did this because for whatever, for whatever reason, whatever trade they make, they're always giving people draft picks. Maybe John Gruden's <laughs> just the nicest guy in the world, and we haven't realized it yet. Like, let me give you draft picks. Marcus, I know you got to take less money. I'll give you no trade. Maybe Gruden's just like this incredibly nice guy, and we're just starting to learn this. All right, what if Mike Mayock is tired of losing draft picks when he's trading away players? So he's now putting into contracts no trade clauses so John Gruden can't <laughs> trade players and a pick just to get another pick back. He's like, that listen, could if we, be, if we yes. put in the contract, we can't do it. We can't screw wow. it up when we trade him away. So if you, okay, let me, let, from the Marcus Mariota <laughs> side of this, this is terrific because it means they can't trade you off to some team that just wants you as a backup or whatever it is. Like sure. this is terrific because he can control where he plays football this season. Now, obviously the Raiders don't ever have to trade him. That might just be, he sits on the bench in Vegas all year, but like whether it happens in the off season or in the summer at training camp, or even during the season, if a team needs a quarterback or if their quarterback gets hurt for whatever reason, I would assume Mariota would be high on the list of teams that look out there and say, yeah, we, we should trade for Marcus Mariota because he gives us a better shot to win than Joe Flacco or whoever the hell your backup is. So I, I'm curious to see if that situation arises where what if we're in week six and a team in playoff contention loses their starter and they, they don't have a good backup. Would they consider trading for a quarterback midseason? Could he learn? Could they trust Mariota to learn enough on the fly and put him in the lineup and think, "Hey, this gives us a good chance to win, or at least better than who their backup was"? Is there any chance the Bears today, despite tweeting out that tweet of Andy Dalton and QB one yesterday, QB one, yeah, QB one, <laughs> now comes back and says, "Well, he's really not QB one. Do we trade for Marcus Mariota?" And he can they convince Mariota as a starter, so he okay's that trade. Yeah, I mean. He has the power now, and before he would okay a trade, I'm assuming he would talk to the team and say, what's my role going to be? I mean, you know, be honest with me here. So I don't know why it happened. Um, it was very bizarre when I saw that. I And I like I said, it seems like this guy is maybe the nicest guy in the league, if not close to, and you want to cover him and, and deal with him. But, I mean, that should not, you know, preclude the Raiders from doing something that takes the leverage away. It doesn't – I saw that yesterday tweet. I'm like, that can't be true. Like, why – why would they why would they agree to that? That doesn't make so, any sense. So let me ask you this on the Raiders side. Obviously they wanted him to take a pay cut and he did ultimately take that pay cut. So they ended up saving roughly 7 million dollars against the salary cap to spend elsewhere. 
How much do you think they gave him a no trade clause simply because John Gruden really wants Marcus Mariota as his backup quarterback? Oh my God, you're really getting deep into it. I got to lie on the couch for this one and have someone be talking to me. Um, <laughs> this is therapy, man. Uh, we're going deep into Gruden's mind, place I don't know if I ever want to be. So reverse, are you saying reverse psychology or we're going to give it to you, but I'm never really going to move to you because in case my guy gets hurt, I want you. It, it, knowing Gruden, that might be like completely sensible. That might make sense. I didn't think of that, but in the way Gruden comes off sometimes, it's kind of a quirky guy. Maybe that's the way he's thinking that I'm never trading you anyway, but right. you know, I and, and I convinced you to take a lot less money so I can go get, I don't know, a safety or cornerback? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you tell me, it, given it's Gruden, if you told me that's the truth, I would believe it then, I guess. Can like, I, sorry, I was just going to ask, is there any element to this that it might be that Gruden has like a Rubik's syndrome where he thinks he can solve Nathan Peterman <laughs> and Marcus Mariota? Well, he, he does think he can solve Nathan Peterman, and we have yet to see that oh, yeah. play out at all. Yeah. But no, no, I, I mean, I think there's a level of this where John Gruden is like, where, I don't know, Mariota or his agent was like, can we get a no trace clause? And Gruden like, said, sure. Why the hell do you need that? I'm not trading you. Like, uh, sure, here's your no trade clause. You're not going anywhere anyways. Like, because, you know, whatever. Gruden loves quarterbacks. There's a reason Nathan Peterman's still getting paid for this team because he loves Nathan Peterman for whatever reason. And I, I honestly believe now that you see there's a no trade clause in there, like, John Gruden really wanted Marcus Mariota on his team. He really wanted Mariota to be his backup. And, and they managed to get him to take a salary cut, but... I think they they like I think there's a chance they might have kept Mariota at his regular contract if he hadn't agreed to take the pay cut. Are, are we missing something given he always throws weird draft picks in and trades that he doesn't need to? Like he can't do that with Mariota because he's one of his players, but like he's like, and I'll give you free dinner for the next year anywhere in Vegas. Like <laughs> is he like so nice he always throws something in at the end of deals, whether it's own people or he's trying to like get trades or stuff? We might be, we might have missed the boat on John Gruden's last words. This guy might be the nicest guy in, in football. We didn't really know it. He might be. What, what was, uh, what did Mark Davis say exactly in his Aces press conference where he was talking about getting the players paid like outside of basketball? Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> Mark Davis, great guy. I'd love to deal with him. He might have said something during those press conferences that are not really, uh, you know, copacetic with the league rules. Uh, in terms of trying to pay people different ways. Like we're all like you and I, and I know Adam, like we all paused and heard that. And like, I don't think you can do that, but it really sounds good. I'm just wondering, that might be what John Gruden's yes. doing here. He's like, all right, Marcus, we're going to cut your salary in half, but we got a new Raiders Tavern and Grill opening yes, up exactly. at the end. Yes, you're never yeah. going to have to pay for lunch. You're never, you're never paying for a meal there, Marcus. Uh, so that is the story of Marcus Mariota. I guess he'll be a Raider for all of next season, yeah. unless he's okay with being traded somewhere. But at this point, I don't even know that John Gruden's going to trade him because I think Gruden's going to spend the whole year afraid that he's going to lose Carr. Because the, the worst thing for Gruden would be to trade Mariota in week seven. Oh, and then Carr gets hurt. Oh, and Carr gets hurt horrible. in week eight. Oh. And you're just looking around like, damn. You got like, Peterman. You do have Peterman and his $1 million no, guaranteed salary. You're... you're... We're, we're, you're calling Philly and say, listen, is the Flacco guy around? The Flacco around? guy. Yeah. Give us we'll the give Flacco you... guy. <laughs> All right, we'll give what? you a third and a seven because he didn't ask for it. We'll give you a third, a seven, <laughs> and Nathan Peterman. 
<laughs> he's not trading Peterman. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. He'd give up a first before he we'll trade give you Peterman. Waller right. a seventh. <laughs> That's more like it. That's more like it, Jared. Ugh. All right. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs, where I have the proof that the Golden Knights play harder for Robin Leonard than Marc-Andre Fleury. But now is your chance to win a two-foot sub from Porta Subs. We're going to take caller number four at 702-364-1100. 702-364-1100 is the number. A two-foot sub from Porta Subs can be yours. Caller number four at 702-364-1100. Bischoff's Briefs. I never realized baseball had so much butt touching. Bischoff's Briefs. That's how they communicate. Bischoff's Briefs. It's like Braille, but with butts. Bischoff's Briefs. Read my butt! Congratulations to Greg. He won the two-butt sub from Porta Subs. Today in Bischoff's Briefs, I have proof. I have proof that the Golden Knights play harder in front of Robin Leonard than they do in front of Marc-Andre Fleury. I told it, I told Justin Emerson you know, on Monday that they did this, and he, he laughed at it. Everybody laughed at it. But here we go. This season, Robin Leonard has played in seven games. At five on five, he has faced 23.1 shots per 60 minutes played. Marc-Andre Fleury, on the other hand, has faced 28.4 shots per 60 minutes played. That is five more shots on goal per 60 when Marc-Andre Fleury is in net. Now, when Fleury is in net, the Golden Knights allow 7.9 high danger chances per 60 minutes. When Leonard is in net, he only faces 6.9 high danger chances per 60 minutes. So there is one more high danger chance when Flurry's in there compared to when Leonard is in there. And it's even more drastic since Robin Leonard came back from injury. Since he was back on the bench as a backup, both Flurry and Leonard have started two games. In that time frame, Mark Andre Flurry has faced 33 shots per 60 minutes robin leonard has faced 21 and a half you're looking at nearly 12 more shots per 60 minutes played against flurry than against leonard and if you look at high danger chances leonard has faced six and a half per 60 and flurry 11 and a half that is almost double the amount of high danger chances and i'll throw in one more for you Odd man rushes. Flurry this year has faced two odd man rushes per game. Robin Leonard is at half an odd man rush faced per game. The Golden Knights are better defensively when Robin Leonard is in net. Oh, 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 we got to stay positive. Okay, so um, <laughs> is it more so? Then is it could oh, I'm gonna switch the tables here on you? Is it because they know Flurry's a lot better, so they don't have to defend? They can take more chances when oh, he's oh, that is turning the tables. They know the goalie's gonna make the saves back there, yeah, so exactly. screw it. We don't have to yeah. play defense. No, just I no mean, defense. 
I don't know. That didn't work out well for them last year, if that's what they were doing when Flurry was in net. That's why Robin Leonard is here. Um, I will say, in the last two games, Leonard's save percentage is 927 and Flurry's is 891. Ooh, the goal saved gosh. above average. Leonard is plus 0.2 and Flurry is oh. minus 0.8. Wow. So. If that's what they're counting on, the last two games, that has not been true for Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, listen, I'll, we've talked a lot. We've talked a lot about Marc-Andre Fleury's playing time this year, how they didn't give him any time off when Leonard was out, how that could be an issue going into the playoffs if Marc-Andre Fleury didn't eventually get some time off. It looks like he is going to get that time off now because Robin Leonard's back and it looks like they're going back to the rotation. But... Beyond the coaching staff in front office playing Flurry, the players are wearing him down too by not playing any defense in front yeah. of him. I mean, they're just saying, you know, hey, Flower, take care of things back there, and we're going to push up and keep pushing. And uh, with the four checks, we're going to we're, we're going to get more chances. I think that's what the the uh, pregame talk is when when Flurry's in net. When it's Leonard, it's okay. We can only give well, up sixteen when, shots when, to St. Louis. When, when it's Leonard, it's Pete DeBoer on the on the bench screaming, "Back up!" Back up. Everyone back. Get back. It's like get back on defense and basketball. Get back. They did. I mean, listen, the last game Leonard played, and part of the reason these this small sample size of two games is so ridiculous is because they only gave up 16 shots on goal to St. Louis the last game they played, which is such a hilariously yeah, small amount to face. Like, I, I, well, I told you uh, it was one of those nights between – a lot of things, and I was just tweeting to see your updates and, I don't know, the 76 others on the Twitter in terms of what happened in the game. But at the end, to do my duty and my preparedness for this show, I went to the box score, and I thought, like, when I saw 16, I'm like, did I get, like, the, fir the first period or something? <laughs> like, I, I said, well, that can't be, like, the whole game, right? Because it, it, as much as they've beaten the Blues lately, I'm like, well, the Blues had more shots than that. And then I refreshed. I'm like, man, you didn't have much work tonight. You're hitting refresh over and over because you're like, hey, yes, I, mean, I well, I just didn't believe it. I'm like, the rest it, of the game. Yes, ESPN like made it made it uh, made a mistake and only put up the first period box. But no, I eventually <laughs> realized it was a whole game, and I said, uh, one good job by Leonard, and two, uh, talk about having a sandwich. I mean, he didn't get he didn't get much work the other night. No, he could, yeah, he could have eaten a bunch of sandwiches and would have been just fine. But <laughs> like that that Blues game was so ridiculous because they went into the third period tied. And the Blues only had three shots on goal in the third period. And they fell yeah. behind in that period. And normally, when a team is losing in the third period, they dominate shots. Like, they are oh, they yeah. are ultra-aggressive, and they're just going to throw everything on net, and they're going to be more uh, offensive. But for whatever reason, the Blues couldn't do anything against no. the Golden Knights Nothing. in the third period. And Leonard had to face three shots in that entire period. It's like, like, but that that's part of the what, what the Golden Knights are as a team. They kind of, they just need like average goaltending, and they're going to beat almost everyone they play in the regular season because well, they they don't need outstanding goaltending most of the time. They just need average because they'll dominate a lot of teams like that. I mean, usually David Perron is sixteen shots alone on the night. So I thought the other night that was a pretty good uh, third period by Vegas, keeping those guys off. I mean, anytime the Golden Knights play the Blues and David Perron doesn't score, oh, it's a huge it's a good day. It's a good day for yes. the Golden Knights. The, yes. the other key is um, Oscar Sunkist of the St. Louis Blues. I, he had a, he tore, like tore his ACL or something. Like he's done for the year. That Oscar Sunkist guy, 
he's right there with David Perron. He crushes <laughs> the Golden Knights. Like every time he plays the Golden Knights, he scores. And he didn't play in that game because he had a season-ending injury. So that's that's good news for the Golden Knights if they've got to play the Blues in the playoffs. Is one of the two guys that always scores on you is gone. Then then how can we uh, how can we um, uh, really put that win into perspective then of the two guys who play well one didn't and one didn't really do anything I mean is that a real win for Leonard or given all the defense and everything or did he, he get credit for it or do you think he played well <laughs> I don't know I mean if we're if we're assigning credit for that win Robin Leonard is not very high on the list like <laughs> saving fifteen of sixteen shots is not very high on the list when you win. What did they end up winning? Five to one in that game. Not high Five on the one. list. He, he no. made like, may, like there were maybe two or three chances in that game where you're like, oh, that was a good save. The rest of them were just normal meat bag. Hey, they hit me in the chest with a shot from the blue line. Oh, you, 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 love, you love the uh, shots to the chest and the stomach oh. area because they're just, they shoot so often right at the guy. And it's like, if the guy is good at all, he's making that save. Right. Uh, have, are either of you aware of what sports pickle is? I've heard, it's like, I've, I've heard that. It's like the onion, but for sports, yes. they write okay. satire sports Satires, stories. Yeah. Okay. And one of them they wrote a few years ago was making fun of hockey goalies. And they called the, and one of their fake quotes was, yeah, I'm just a human meat bag, right? Because 95% of the time, the puck just hits my body and everybody cheers for me. So the yeah. idea here is that the majority of hockey saves, the goalie's just a well-positioned meat bag. He didn't actually make a save. He just put himself in good position, and the shooters can't shoot in this sport, so they hit him right in the chest. Okay, so have you seen the sports science thing where they put a sumo wrestler in front of the goal? <laughs> no, I did not. Okay, because I have actually thought about this for a long time, and so I like started doing research, and apparently sports science was like, yeah, we already got this. We, we did it. They put an enforcer against a sumo wrestler, and the enforcer scored on, like, 90% of his shots. So you need to move the meat bag a little. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You move, there's, there's position. I'm not taking away the positioning from the goalies. There's no doubt about it. But the amount of times that somebody shoots it into Marc-Andre Fleury's glove, right into it, he doesn't have to move it, and then he flails his arm up in the air like he made some yes. great save. It's yes. like, listen here. Mark, you caught it. They shot yeah. it right into your glove. Good positioning, but let's not make this out to be like you did something amazing. 90% <laughs> of the saves in hockey are because the shooters suck, not because the goalie's amazing. There's no, there's nothing better than when it shoots it right into Flurry's glove. You can do a five count. One, two, three, four, five. And then he does a windmill with the arm. Yes, absolutely. Like, Wait, but you caught that five seconds ago. Once he realizes <laughs> it's in there, here comes yes. the fly. I'd love to see him play first base. Throw right to the chest, catches it, and then he dives out of the way to make it look great. That's the oh. Marc-Andre Fleury special. All right, coming up next, we talk to our favorite high school baseball parent, J.R. Starkus. Hey, hey, remember what we talked about? Elbow up. Elbow up. Get that thing up. Nope. Don't let them wear sleeves. No hand warmers either. Uh-uh. Baseball's a mental game. I got to overcome that. Eyes on me. Hey, remember what I said. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to the coach, all right? What we worked on, all right? What we worked on. Yeah, I got him over at the high school, the high school coach. Yeah. No, he, he wanted him to come. So, you know, I said, all right. You know, he's eight years old, but, yeah, I mean, how can you say no to coach, you know? 
Yeah, already got him snapping a 12-6 curveball like Barry Zito. Just breaking that thing off. Yeah, got him doing 500 swings before school at 6 a.m., 500 during lunch. His teacher knows baseball comes first. Ready for the weekend? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Let's find out what's on tap with J.R. Starkus. Champagne, perfume going in, sewage coming out. That might have been him. He's the key account executive of Southern Glazers Wine Spirits in Nevada. Brought to you by Liquor World. It's J.R. Starkus. Follow him on Twitter, J.R. Starkus. And JR makes drinks on Instagram. I think that was you coming back. Uh, we found a clip of when you were teaching your kid in, in uh, T-ball, and uh, you know, screaming at him because uh, you didn't have the uh, the old hand up, the arm up. So, uh, yeah, good clip by you, and we're we're glad to see you're doing well there on uh, on Twitter. No, that's awesome. That's that's such a good clip, man. I, I <laughs> you know, there are a lot of parents out there like that, and um, fortunately for me, that was only me half the time. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> now my kid does it on his own. Otherwise, I just give him the eye, and I'm like, I, sh- I shake my head, and I give him the, the SMH shaking my head kind of emoji, and I'm like, okay, you know, up to you. And at this point, I can't help you anymore. Jeez. How many times have you told your kid to ignore his real coach and listen to you? <laughs> uh, no, actually, I can say none. Um, oh. I haven't said that. Yet. Oh. Fortunately for fortunately for him. Um, well, I, I got it. That's got to be a lie that I said none. I, I'm going all the way back. Uh, I, that's got to be a lie. I've had okay, what age? At my, what age was it? What age was it where uh, you said the coach is an idiot and you listen to me? Uh, fourteen? No. Fourteen? Um, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, probably. I don't know. Probably when he was seven, six, seven years old, and when the coach, yeah, but- you know, say something. <laughs> You know, that's not that's not good. Twenty twenty three, huh? The the younger is the worst, I think, because you're kind of like grooming him to not think that. When he's fourteen or fifteen, he can laugh and say, "Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about either." I'm going to do what I want. You're getting a, like an impressionable six year old telling him not to listen to the coach. You're setting the kid up for for a lifetime of never listening to adults. No, here, here's the thing. This is this is the truth. When so there's a lot of you know, little league is a big deal for a lot of of kids, right? And um, JT played little league one year when he was young, and then he he played basically club ball um, up until, you know, from eight years on, eight years old on. And he never, he never played. um, He played one year little league. And then at that, like there's a lot of people that go back and forth between little league and whatnot. Um, But I always found it to be difficult for, you know, because in little league, if you, especially when you get to like all stars and whatnot, if you can't miss a practice, you can't, you can't do any of that stuff. Um, I found it difficult to balance little league with his club team because I felt it was unfair you know, picking one team over the other for us personally. I know a lot of people are able to balance it. We just, we just weren't able to do it. So uh, there was an instance where I was like, "Hey, man, you got to pick one," and and that's what we're going to do. And he, that's what he picked was club ball. Jesus, eight years old. <laughs> my God. <laughs> now, but hey, listen. Now, now when I tell him something, like he he obviously shrugs me off because he's a fifteen year old boy that doesn't think his dad knows what he's talking about. But I have said on more than one occasion. I have said to him when he goes to one of his coaches, and he's got some incredible, incredible private coaches. Like he'll go to his coach, and his coach will say something to him, and I'll just look at him and I'll say, "Sound familiar?" Pat yourself on the back. You pat yourself on the back. You are taking oh. a victory lap. Oh. Who are you, Bischoff? Pat yeah. me on the back. Oh, yeah. He's he said it to me more than one time. He's like, man, I, he's like, I don't like it when you're right about stuff like this. And I'm like, oh. listen to the old oh, man. I'm telling you. Uh, uh, have you, you considered listen, but I'm telling you the right thing? 
Have you considered that the Clark County School District Superintendent is just trying to protect or high school baseball coaches from you? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag good point. Uh, no, I mean he. Yeah, he, he doesn't know me yet. Yeah, actually, here's it. You know, he he came on. Uh, Jara came on. It was Facebook yesterday. I don't have Facebook, so I didn't see it. But some of the families um, on my son's high school team texted me, and I guess he came on and he was alluding to apparently that um, that he may be opening up for spectators at some of these games this summer or this spring with the way that our numbers are trending so good. And he didn't come out right and say it. But one of the parents texted me uh, uh, on the group chat and said, you may not have to use your scaffolding this year, Starkus. And I was like, oh, well, what's going <laughs> on? You know, I said, <laughs> maybe I, and I said, are you suggesting that all of my trolling on Twitter is working? So maybe it's working. And so I have to keep at it until at, for the greater good, my friend, for the greater good. I will troll until parents get to watch their kids play in spring sports this year. Boy, I troll for the greater good, too. Yeah. Let's or get to the drink rock, before like you rock. pat yourself on the back anymore. Mike, now, now you're taking credit for Jara turning things around? Before, yeah, before can, the drink. Yeah, I, if, I can get, if, I can get, if I can get Jara to block me like Jim, like Big Jara. Oh, <laughs> yes. oh, so That's good. the goal. That's living yeah. the dream. Wait, wait, wait. When, when does the season start again? Uh, our first, the first game for the boys is the 17th of April. Oh, plenty of time. You'll be in there no problem watching them play. Oh. I've made it. If if I get blocked and the parents get to if I get blocked and the parents get to watch, like I've made it. I've I've actually made it. Everybody gets to watch except Jr. Starkists. <laughs> well, I have scaffolding. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's that's all wonderful. Uh, well, what are you making? What are you making from the world? <laughs> what are you making? So so you know, continuing kind of on the theme of patio weather and nicer weather, um, I wanted to. I was kind of searching around the house because you know I was trying to put myself in the. Uh, the shoes of you know the you know any of the home bartenders, right? We did this a lot with when I was doing stuff for the the Raiders earlier. Um, but I was going around the house and I was like, all right, well look at let's look at the stuff that I have currently, and let's make a drink out of that, whatever that is, because I figured a, a home bartender may be doing that same thing. Um, so over the past few weeks, I have spoken about obviously the Grey Goose essences, um, and the one that I'm going to be using today is the strawberry and lemongrass Grey Goose essence. Um, I have spoken about limoncello. Remember my, my tweet that just tweeted the lemon and you were like, what's that mean? It was like some, some weird thing for you. So we're going to use limoncello. Um, strawberries, you're starting to see a lot more in the stores now if, you know, as they start to come into season. Um, so I'm going to use some strawberries that I have in my house. Um, I'm going to use just a little bit of fresh lemon juice because I always have lemons around. Um, and then I'm going to use a little bit of an almond syrup or jat, which I've spoken about um, several times. And then, of course, you know, like last week when I did a spritz, I, I used um, uh, some sparkling wine. So I'm going to use some of the sparkling wine to kind of maintain that uh, spritz kind of category for the warmer, sessionable drinks. Now, this is not a, as low of an ABV-style cocktail um, as the ones before have been because I am using the Grey Goose Essences, which is a little bit higher of a proof. Um, so oh, so this is for Jared. Like last this is what Jared was asking spritz. for. This is yeah, what Jared well, was asking wants, for. Jared wants done. one drink and blackout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, why wouldn't you? I mean, if you're trying to get there quickly, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the, that's the way you do it. But I mean, Grey Goose essences are only 60 proof. Um, so they're not, they're not as, as high proof as like a regular vodka would be like regular Grey Goose is 80 proof. So it's a little bit lower. So this would still kind of be kind of a midway low to regular proof style cocktail. Um, 
very easy to make. You take your strawberries, and, you know, the strawberries are kind of up to you, and that's what I like about this mixology piece is while I make it this way, um, you know, if you think I like strawberries, well, then add more or add less or change the fruit. Like this drink will work any way you make it. Um, but I took two strawberries and I kind of like chopped them in half or, or in quarters just to make them easier to muddle. You really don't even need to do that. Just take off the, the green top, obviously. You don't want that in the drink. I took that and I muddled that with a little bit of lemon juice and the orgeat syrup. Now, the orgeat is almond, so if you have an almond allergy, you can't have orgeat syrup, but you can just change this to another syrup. Simple syrup will work, honey syrup, agave, um, something will like that will work if you can't have orgeat syrup, but I like the way that the almond comes through in this drink. Uh, so three-quarter ounce of lemon juice, half of an ounce of the orgeat syrup, which I use Liquid Alchemist. It's the highest quality one on the market that I've seen. Um, I use an ounce and a half of the Grey Goose Essence, and then three-quarters of an ounce of the Lemoncello. I use Polini Lemoncello because that's what I had, and that's what I used a couple weeks ago in our cocktail. You take all those ingredients and shake them together. Um, you shake it well with ice because uh, you want the strawberry to kind of break up. What will happen is this drink will start to turn uh, red on you because the strawberries will start to uh, – the color will start to infuse into the drink. After you shake it, uh, you want to use – like I did last week, I used a, a large bulb or like a large-style wine glass, copa some people call it. You want to use that, fill it about three-quarters with ice, uh, strain the drink right over the ice, and then top it with a couple ounces of the – the Prosecco or the Sparkling Brute that we used last week. If you had a bottle that was still open, you capped it up if you didn't finish it. Um, use that. Top it off. Give it a little stir. Uh, garnish it with a lemon wheel or a strawberry slice or something like that and enjoy. It's really that simple. It's refreshing. And, uh, it, you know, today kind of stinks again. As we, I feel like we keep getting wind. But as, we, as, as the warmer weather teach, uh, teases us in the weeks to come, uh, these drinks are perfect as we start getting out there or when you're watching your kids play spring sports from the sidewalk. <laughs> Listen, oh it's God. been windy every single day. Um, Ed knows that because his giant Baylor flag is going to yes. envelop his house. I was laughing at that this morning. That's a great story, man. I love it. I, I yeah, can't wait to search. Like, just drive up to the Summerlin area and be like, oh, there's Grainy's house. I went, I went out but on one of the breaks. I went out to get the paper. Some of us still uh, get this on the show. But uh, and a gust of wind hit that thing. There was someone walking their dog. You should have seen the look by the person. Like, what the heck is that thing? God, it's depressing. <laughs> like, I had to close the garage door as quickly as possible. Oh, did, it's terrible. Did everybody go to Baylor at that house? <laughs> uh, no, only one person did, but he's oh, very know, excited I, about I, them. I, and and he wanted, well, I don't know who wanted the flag. I was just told to click. Anyway, uh, you're now getting to pool season. So this seems like, you know, like you were saying, it's pool drinks. And your menu's yep. going strong, I imagine, for the pools. Absolutely. You know, um, the pools open usually here at the beginning of March. Uh, so they've, they've just opened uh, a couple weeks ago for the most part. And so far, they're doing, they're doing okay. Uh, last week was incredible for them, obviously, with the tournament. Uh, some of the pictures you saw on social media were out there with, you know, like some of the more popular pools uh, in the city. And they were absolutely doing incredible business, especially with the warmer weather. Um, and I would anticipate something very similar this weekend, being that it's supposed to be in like the mid-70s and such on the weekend. Uh, so I would anticipate something very, very similar. Obviously, it won't be a four-day weekend like, like last weekend was, but uh, for, the, for the sports better anyway. And uh, I, I anticipate to be in an incredible weekend and, and moving into a very prosperous summer for everybody, as I think people are just tired of being inside. 
Oh, there he is. Follow him on Twitter at JR Starkus. Instagram at JR Makes Drink. Sponsored by Liquor World, Southern Glazer Spirits, uh, Southern Glazer Wine Spirits of Nevada. He's the extreme mixologist every Thursday. So go tell a six-year-old what he's doing wrong in the neighborhood. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> we'll do. I'll take some videos. All right. See you later. How about this guy patting himself in the back the whole segment? I got to text oh, him later. Embarrassing. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Great job. Pat yourself on the back. This is what we do around here. Perfect work. That's all we need. All right. Coming up next, do the Orlando Magic have any players left on their team? So the downside of doing a radio show is I have, I have no idea who has been traded in the NBA this morning because I have not been able to keep up or comprehend uh, any tweets from Shams or Woj this morning. All I know right now is the Orlando Magic might have traded away their entire roster. They have no players left. Do they? Have, are, do they play tonight? Because bet the other side. Because I don't think the Pacers will have anybody on the uh, on the court tonight. They are. I oh. mean, usually you tell your fan base you're rebuilding with a few moves. This morning they're just like, look, we're just getting rid of everyone, and if you want to keep your season tickets, you know, re up now. Let's like, see. They sent uh, the Magic sent Nikola Vucevic and Al Aminu to the Bulls. Uh, they sent Evan Fournier to the Celtics, and they have sent Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. Um, I don't know who else has been traded the rest of this morning. Uh, They have gotten a lot of players back, it looks like. I don't know, Gary Harris, RJ Hampton. Uh, None of these are any good, but uh, they'll have a (laughs) roster. They'll have a roster. Uh, It's Uh, not good, but they'll have a roster. Ooh, they got Otto Porter from the Bulls. I don't... uh... I don't bet the NBA, but they're in Dallas tomorrow night, so check out that lineup. Maybe I'm giving our sharp an early early edge here. Lean. Check on the Mavericks tomorrow giving night. Giving him the, okay. lean. The, yeah, lean. the lean. I'm leaning. I'm leaning towards the Mavericks tomorrow night. So the Magic have traded their entire team. Uh, George Hill got traded to Philadelphia from Oklahoma City. Um, but that's, that's about as big as it's got. None of the bigger names have really been traded. Like you're looking at Kyle Lowry or Victor Oladipo. Neither one of them have been traded. The trade deadline for the NBA is noon Pacific time today. So they have a couple more hours if Oladipo or Lowry or somebody even bigger than that gets traded. Is Oladipo uh, just, like, constantly on the move? Has he well, ever, like, signed a lease for more than one year? Well, he was he was in Indiana and then told Indiana he wanted to be traded because the Pacers aren't going to win anything. And they traded him. They just traded him to a team that was rebuilding and now wants to trade him for a first-round pick. I guess uh should mention the Centennial High kid, Troy Brown, was with Washington. He's now going to Chicago. Troy Brown and Mo Wagner for uh, Daniel Gafford and the Boise State kid, Chandler Hutchinson. So, uh, Troy Brown on the move. Okay, genuine question. Why are the Wizards and the Bulls making a trade with each other at the deadline? I mean... I'm- have you ever gone on Craigslist and, like, looked at auto trades? It's just sort of like, I want, I don't want this problem anymore. What's your problem look like? Oil leak? I bet I could fix that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the Bulls are only a game and a half out, but Washington's almost like six out. I, that's a good question. Neither is going to make a run. <laughs> I mean, does Billy Donovan want to make the A spot and lose to Philly in the first round? I don't know. I mean, it's one thing if you're liking 
trying to improve your position and you're solidly in, you're a couple players away, but I don't really understand those two, especially the, especially Washington making trades at that point. I don't, I don't get that. They're not getting in anyway. Well, normally it's the trade deadline. You're either buying or you're selling, or selling. right? Right. The right. Magic are very clearly selling right. yes. this morning. But when Washington makes a trade with Chicago, yeah. it's what like both mean? of those teams should be selling. Why are yeah. they selling to each other? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I, I just looked at the standings. I, I knew they were both out at this point, but that's a weird trade. That, that That's a, a strange trade. And it was, I don't know if it's a wash or not. I mean, uh, I just know my son in the kitchen gave a big thumbs down to it. And I, I didn't know half the players involved. So <laughs> like, okay, I guess it's a bad trade. <laughs> what do I know? So we'll we'll still wait here on Oladipo and uh, Kyle Lowry to see if they get moved. Because it, here's the thing. A lot of these trades this morning, uh, you know, they're, they're not exactly sending difference makers when it comes to the playoffs. There might be some right, role right. players in there. Aaron Gordon's good, but it, they're not necessarily difference makers getting moved. If Oladipo or Kyle Lowry gets moved, I mean, that's legitimately, hey, you've added a starter. And right. all of a sudden, like, that guy could actually make a difference for you in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, well, what is it? What did you say, 12 Pacific? Yeah. I mean, okay, so I, you know, obviously we just go to Woj's timeline. And, well, <laughs> I mean, he's got he's got the greatest sources ever. But, I mean, it's just one minute after the other. If you're, like, trying to compete with this or keep up, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. I'll just well, keep refreshing his timeline. I mean, it also doesn't help that his former protege, Shams, sometimes tweets stuff that I'm like, w- is there a preposition in this sentence? I mean, <laughs> I just who's the best who's the best player to go right now the all star you know who's the best player to even go this morning all, um, George Orlando, Hill the Aaron All-Star? Gordon yeah yeah either Aaron Gordon or George yeah, Hill Gordon. I would say yeah. at the moment um, but yeah Not so Nicola? I mean uh, yeah Vucevic is on yeah I forgot yeah. the Vuce- Magic have made seventeen trades so I forgot yeah. which yeah yeah Vucevic and Aaron Gordon both up there I mean but that's the thing like how good are they if you if right. they're both playing for the Magic and the Magic aren't any good and the Didn't Magic the are Mag- dumping them. Didn't the Magic start thirteen and zero this year, or, or did, did, did they, they ever? Did, maybe not thirteen, but they were like the last undefeated team in basketball. Well, listen, if they were thirteen and zero, they're now fifteen and twenty nine. It hasn't gone very well. <laughs> All right, we, we now Hold know on. we now know why they're Guys. dumping everyone because they're two and twenty nine since. <laughs> Guys, who wins a game first? The newly comprised of just like random G League pieces, Magic, or the Buffalo Sabers? Oh. oh. I'm gonna take. I'm That's gonna take, a great question. I'm gonna take the Sabers because hockey is dumb and they'll score yes. in the yeah. most ridiculous yeah. way one of these times. And that someone they've be. had several opportunities and haven't done that. They'll get like they'll get like a really bad official one night who's swearing at people and they'll get a lucky goal and they'll win a game. I'll say Sabers too. I'll say Sabers. So um, the Magic were the last undefeated team in the NBA this season. Wow. I might have undersold it a little bit because oh, the Orlando Magic were only 4-0. Okay. 